I got a word uh, yesterday from Freude. She saw a vision and she said she saw in the middle of the church like a heap of, of wheat. You know, after the, the wheat was harvested, the, the grains, you know, before it goes into the silo, the grains. But the heap was so big that it broke the roof open. Okay, so I believe it's souls, and I believe it's the provision to reach the souls. It's the souls, and it's the provision. And the building is too small, we're going to have to move into a bigger building. So I, I take that word in Jesus' name, that, that harvest is good measure, shaken, pressed down, shaken together, and running so much over you can't even see the bag, it's just a big heap. <laughs> Amen. All right. Right, everybody, are you ready for the word? Okay, you're not going to be so quiet today, are you? Okay, good. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, great. Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. Remember, Bruce? Okay. <laughs> okay. Right, we're going to start in Isaiah 53. It's not what you, what you think, but what you think is a good thing. <laughs> By stripes we are healed, Isaiah 53. Good, 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 good. It's a good thing. Oh, yeah, if you haven't seen the CD, we got the CD of Johan from last night. It's out there for sale. Okay, so just gonna put that there. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. So, Isaiah 53. Let's just read the part that everyone knows, but then we go a little bit on. Okay, he says, I'm going to read King James on purpose. Okay, so he says, verse 3, he was, He's despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid it, we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows and we did esteem, we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. So he had to pay the price for all of us, otherwise none of us could be free. So he died so that we could live. Now, we, he died so that we could be raised in him. You know, we believe that, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I've been crucified with Christ. Not I that live, but Christ lives. All right? So I've been crucified with Christ. Christ lives. And that's the picture of the baptism. The pic picture of the communion is I partake of his broken body. I, I share in his suffering on the cross. His broken body, his blood poured out. The, the picture of the baptism is I'm buried with him and I'm raised with him again. So I'm co-crucified, I'm co-buried, and I'm co-raised. Okay? So that's the communion, communion in the baptism. So he says, uh, he, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. So someone had to die so that we could live. But the life that we got is a supernatural life. And the life that we give up is a natural life. So the life that, that was destroyed on the cross was 
Adam. And the life that we gained through faith in Christ is the supernatural life of Christ, in Christ, the Christ life. Okay? All right. Now he says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet we, he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the, to the slaughter. Thank Amen. Okay. And as a sheep before a shearer is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Right? He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Okay. Who shall declare his generation? Okay. He says, for he was cut off out of the land of the living. So Jesus, in the prime of his life, was cut off out of the land of the living. So he, he never had a natural generation coming out of him. He did not have natural children. But Isaiah says he shall be called Prince of Peace. Mighty God, everlasting Father. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Okay, so he's the son, but he shall be called everlasting Father. Okay. Right, so out of him came a whole generation. Because Adam was the, he was the, the Adam of the natural generation. And generations upon generations upon generations came out of Adam because they kept on dying like Adam did. But out of Christ comes one generation who lives forever. It's a supernatural life. It's eternal life in Christ. Okay. So God doesn't have grandsons. He's not Opa God. He's not Grandfather God. He's Father God. So when you are born from above, you are not born from a natural seed, son of, 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 and then you. You are born of a supernatural seed, and your father is God. So in the old, you had a family tree. And your family tree goes, you know, this one was married to this one, and this one was married to this one, and that, these children, you know, have you seen those genealogies? Okay, we, we've got a thick book in my, in my dad's study. It's like all the Groblers, since the, since the first guy, Christian Grobler, came here in 16 foot sack from Germany, and, uh, <laughs> or 17 something, you know, for hundreds of years, Grobler keys have been running around here, Okay. So, you can trace the generations. 
And some of the character traits of those guys you can pick up as they go along. <laughs> okay? Erfzonder. Or generational curses. You know? And people get caught up in this stuff. What did you do to become part of your natural family? You got born. Okay? And here you are. Okay? So I just see that with my children. They got born a natural birth. And as they, as they grow up, you know, they still have a long way to go. But as, as they grow up, I see so much of the old dead Gareth there, right there. <laughs> okay? It's in the genes. It's, in the, it's a natural life. It's a natural life. Okay? So it's in the generation. It's, in, it's like it's in the DNA. It's encoded in the DNA. All right? So, you know... I, I just say these days, you know, the problem with your children is they, they take after you. <laughs> so if you want to complain about your tr children, they take after you. Don't complain too much. Sean Bowles said something this morning. I saw it on, on social media. He said, um, you know, you, uh, to the measure that we complain about certain things is the measure that in that area we are we refuse to walk with God. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> I will stop complaining. <laughs> so all the stuff you complain about, that's the stuff God wants to change and he wants to walk with you. So just hear what he's saying. And just say what, God, what he's saying about it. Okay, anyway. All right, so there's a natural seed, but there's a supernatural seed. There's natural generations upon generations upon generations. But then there's a supernatural generation, God and sons. How about that as a company name, God and Sons, okay? Right? Unlimited, okay. So, let's just go to look at a little bit at this, um, this thing. Let's go to Exodus chapter 34. Moses. Okay, Exodus chapter 34. All right, now in Exodus chapter 33, verse 13, Moses said to God, Now therefore I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, show me your way that I may know you progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with you, and that I may find favor in your sight. And Lord, do consider that this nation is your people. And the Lord said, My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. And Moses said to the Lord, If your presence does not go with me, do not carry us up from here. So he, he valued the presence of God. Okay. So he was responsible for a, for a whole nation of people who were not did not have the indwelling spirit of God inside them, natural people. So I think he understood, Lord, I don't want to go anywhere without your presence. Like, yeesh. <laughs> okay, so that was natural seed coming straight from Adam. Okay, natural people. All right. For by what shall it be known that I and the, the, your people you have found favor in your sight? Is it not in your going with us? 
so that, uh, so that we are distinguished, and I, your people, from all the other people on the face of the earth. So what can distinguish people? It's the presence of God. It's the presence of the Spirit, that supernatural life with Him, okay? Right, so um, God put him, you know, there on the rock. He said, verse 19, God said, I will make my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy and loving kindness on whom I will show mercy and loving kindness. Okay, remember the natural seed in the spiritual seed. So there's a natural generation and there's a spiritual generation. All right. But he said, you cannot see my face for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place beside me and you shall stand upon the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of a rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back and my face shall not be seen. All right. All right, now we need to keep in mind that there's, there's this, even in, in this passage, remember Galatians chapter 4, there was the descendants of Abraham born out of flesh from Ishmael. And then the descendants of Abraham born by virtue of promise, Isaac, Isaac. <laughs> Okay, so, and the, it's an allegory, and the one speaks of the natural seed, and the one speaks of the spiritual seed, which was to be fulfilled in Christ. So, now Galatians 3 says, we are blessed with the believing Abraham, because, and then in the end of Galatians 4, it says, we are not of those born of the natural seed, but we are of, born of the supernatural. Okay, so just keep those things in mind when reading this. Okay, so now otherwise it will be confusing. So he says, and the Lord said to Moses, cut two tables of stone like the first and I will write upon these tables the words that were on the first tables which you broke. Be ready and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself there to the top of the mountain and no man shall come up with you, neither let any man be seen throughout the mountain, neither let flocks and herds be before the mountain. So that's what was referred to in Hebrews chapter 8 when even Moses said he was afraid. Okay, so verse 4, so Moses cut two tables of stone like the first and he rose up early in the morning and went up on Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him and took in his hand two tables of stone and the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him. There's just even another cloud today, okay? And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him, proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness and truth. Keeping mercy and loving kindness for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, but will by no means clear the guilty visiting iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. Oh my goodness. I thought it was good. He's gracious and merciful, but now he wants to visit the iniquity of grandpa, 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 grandpa on me. Okay, all right, we'll see, we'll see. And Moses made haste to bow his head toward the earth and worship. Then he said, if now I have found favor and loving kindness in your sight, O Lord, let the Lord, I pray you, go in the, uh, in the midst of us, although it is a stiff-necked people. 
and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us for your inheritance. Hard-hearted, stiff-necked people. Okay? Isaiah says, draw near, drawing near to me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Okay. So, he's merciful and gracious and kind to one group. But he visits the iniquity of the people to the third and the fourth and the fifth. And the Suddenly generations he's spoken of. He just pardons iniquity. First group. Second group, I will visit generation upon generation upon generation. Third and fourth generation. Visit the sins of the fathers on the children. Okay? Two groups. The one group natural, the one group by virtue of promise. The one group doesn't want to know God, and the other group knows God. The one group doesn't believe, tries to do it themselves, and the other group believes and trusts in his strength and his power. Okay. Exodus chapter 20. Okay. So in the law, God visited the sins to the third and the fourth generation. But even in the law, Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, bless his holy name, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgives each and every one of my transgressions. How could David know such mercy? But some people walking with Moses get swallowed up by the earth. So what's the difference? Did David sin less than the rest? No. But his heart was after God. He was not in rebellion against him. He didn't hate God. He loved God. And he, he came to God asking for his mercy. Making a demand on the mercy that God said he has. So even with Moses... God said, with, God said to Moses, high priest Moses, he said to him, let me kill this nation and I'll, I will make a nation out of you. This is just a couple of chapters later. Okay, Let me kill them and destroy them and I will make a nation out of you. Moses said, uh-uh, you can't do that. Because you said... You are gracious, merciful, and slow to anger and reach in love. God says, oh, okay, you got me. Because you said, I am merciful, I will spare them. High priest. And Moses prophesied, he said, God will raise up a prophet from your midst as he raised up me. And him shall you hear. Referring to Jesus. And everyone who does not listen to him will be utterly exterminated from among the people. So we need to listen to that prophet. And what does that prophet say? He says, you are forgiven by the sacrifice of my own blood. He is now your high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Offering his own body broken, his own blood poured out as the high priest. To make atonement for our sins. God cannot visit 
the sins on you. He cannot go past the blood, go over the body of his son to visit generational sins on you because he would be unjust to the sacrifice of his own son. Okay? So he can't. Now, let's just look at this. Exodus chapter 20. He says, verse 5, You shall not bow down yourself to them, speaking of idols and stuff, for I am the Lord your God, and I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation. Then they stop reading. What does the rest say? Of those who hate me. Even in the law. So don't only read Exodus 34. You have to read it with Exodus 20. He says, But showing mercy and steadfast love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. A thousand generations. Somewhere a thousand generations back, if you want to go natural, even in the natural, Somewhere a thousand generations back, there was someone in my family that loved God. So I'll take that. <laughs> Listen, that's, we have something even better than that. In the law, you have to work, work, and work, and work. But you are the generation in Christ. You are not, we are not counting generations. Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, speak yourself out against fables and people who study endless genealogies because it only fosters strife, breeding quarrels. Listen, it's not in generations. If you think you're the lost sheep of Israel, wake up. It's not even to the natural seed of Israel themselves. It's to the spiritual seed of those who believe. Jew first, also the Greek. So now the natural seed means what now means anything right now is faith in Christ. It does not matter where you were born. It does not matter who's your father. It does not matter who's your great-grandfather. It does not matter. If you want to go with these generational curses, now the people say, no, 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 you have to now go and find out who was your, your parents and your grandparents and you know, all these generations. So your parents, that's two people. Grandparents, that's already you know, it's two plus another four. It's already six people. Then you go three generations, you have 16 people. Now you go through these generations. Now I must go find out what they did wrong and repent for their sins. Oh, come on, man. We're not that stupid. It is simply turning to the blood of Jesus, receiving the word of the gospel, which causes you to be born from above. Born from the seed word, which is Christ. If you're born from the seed word, which is Christ, you can call God your father, not your grandfather, 
not your great-grandfather, not your great-great-great-grandfather, and so on. <laughs> oh, you know, uh, you know, I got this generational curse. Then step out of it. Oh, our family, we struggle with this. My family, my father is God. My family doesn't struggle with this. The question is not what your family struggles with. Everyone is in the natural has struggles. You don't think you're so super special that your struggle is worse than anyone else's. Who do you think you are that your sin is greater than the blood of Jesus? Do you think your sin is greater than God's ability to forgive you? Hey, awesome. Bless you, man. Do you think your ability... To sin is greater than God's ability to forgive you. Do you think that the stuff that you struggle with is greater than the cross? Oh, I'm, you know, there's a curse on our family. There's only a curse if you say it and if you believe it. Galatians chapter 3. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. The whole of it is a curse. Because it is written, Cursed be everyone who abides not by everything written in the book of the law. For those who trust on the law are doomed to disappointment. They are cursed, amplified, and doomed to disappointment. But Romans 10 verse 11 says, but those who trust in God put their name in Jesus, they trust it of, uh, in the name of Jesus, will never be disappointed. Trust in the law, doomed to disappointment. Trust in Jesus, never disappointed. Strong statement. Have you ever been disappointed? In your life ever? I have. Guess what? You were religious. If you were disappointed, you were religious. Me too. If you were disappointed, it's because we don't understand yet what it means to put our trust in Jesus. Because if you put your trust in Jesus, impossible to be disappointed. It wasn't him. So if I'm disappointed, I kind of, you know, sort of like, you know trusted myself <laughs> I trusted my own ability to God to do what I think God says has anyone failed in their own rules they put on themselves have you ever said oh I'm so disappointed in myself how could I do this anyone any takers any hands okay okay <laughs> join the club <laughs> no leave the club man there's a better club we have a supernatural life in Christ that life comes to you as you don't try to save your natural life but you embrace the spiritual life I preached it now a lot the last couple of months but Jesus said 
Those who try to save their life will lose it, but those who lose their life for my sake will gain it. Amplify it. Those who save their natural life will lose their spiritual life. Those who lose their natural life for my sake will gain the spiritual life. Jesus said, who, are, who is my father and my mother? It's not those, is it not those who do the will of God? These are my father and mother. Jesus said, if you do not hate your father and mother for my sake, you are not worthy of the kingdom. Yikes. Listen, I don't hate my father and mother. If you're watching, mom, I love you. <laughs> but in relative regard, if you have to be, if you, my mom love, loves Jesus, if I have to choose between my natural family and Jesus, there's no contest. So if someone rejects me because of Jesus, sorry, bye. But they don't. <laughs> so we love. But my mother is my sister. Okay? She is born of Christ. I am born of Christ. My father is my brother in Christ. So my father is not the source of my problems. My real father is the source of a true life in Christ. A true spiritual life that has already conquered everything. We have been redeemed from this curse. No generational curse can stick on someone who knows who they are in Christ. No generational curse, even I don't care how powerful and how real it is. I don't care what you've experienced. In Christ, it's broken. So all you need is to embrace Christ. All you need is to step out of Adam into Christ. The question isn't how to break the curse that's on my family. The question is, are you in Adam or are you in Christ? Simple as that. Are you born from above or are you born from beneath? Are you screaming towards heaven from hell beneath? Or are you seated with Christ in heavenly places and speaking and ruling and reigning from heaven above? Who do you believe you are? Are you engrafted in the vine? Or are you a broken off branch withering on the side? Okay, simple as that. We are born again. Not by a mortal seed, but by an immortal seed from the ever-living word of God. Let's go to First Peter 1. Okay. Right, so on the way to First Peter 1, I'll just mention a few scriptures. <laughs> but you can go there. John 1, I mean, you can quote it with me by now. I mean, if this, seriously, John 1. I mean, we've been John 1-ing for 12 years, 13 years. Okay, so, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God. In it was, verse 4, was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 11, round about, he came to his own, his own received him not, but to as many as did receive him. Gave he power to become what? Sons of God, as many as believed on his name. 
who owe their birth not to the flesh or to the will of man, to the impulse of man, but to God. They are born from above or born from God. Okay, they don't owe their birth to bloods. Bloodline break, curse, curse, curse. Hey. <laughs> you are not in Adam. You are not born of blood anymore. You are born of the Spirit. And I've said this, but I'll keep on saying it until everyone writes their songs right. But we can't, because a song says it, believe stuff. His blood doesn't flow through your veins. You, on, you don't have a natural birth. His spirit is in you. You are alive by his spirit. The supernatural life is spiritual. Jesus washed you with his blood. Who shall declare his generation? He did not have children. His blood doesn't flow through your veins. His children is his generation. Those who believe the seed word. You are born from above. To them gave he power to become sons of God. As many as believed on his name. Jesus is alive in his flesh body right now. Do you agree? He rose from the grave? So, but these, then he walked into the cloud with his flesh body. So where is his, where is his flesh body? In heaven, in the unseen. His flesh body is in the unseen. Seated at the right hand of the Father. And right the very next chapter, the Spirit was poured out on people. So where is Jesus? He's in the Spirit. Where's the Spirit? In you. So where's his flesh body? In you. So if you have the Spirit, you're the body of Christ. Okay, you get it? Okay. Right, so... First Peter 1. <laughs> Does Jesus have blood in his body? No, he shed it at the cross. What's keeping him alive? The spirit. When he stood next to the ocean, he said, give me a piece of fish, I will eat it, because, you know, spirit can't eat. So he ate fish with him. He said, flesh and bone, no mention of blood. Flesh and bone and spirit. <laughs> and he could just disappear and appear and disappear and appear. And he ate with this, the two on their way to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24. Spirit doesn't eat. And when they, their eyes were opened, they saw him poof, vanished. With the bread that he just ate. Okay. <laughs> He's in his flesh and bone body with no limitations. The blood is what causes the limitations. Something that his father said. When you run, what, what happens? Your blood gets tired. You start breathing heavily because you don't have enough red blood cells carrying oxygen. When you get tired, it's your blood that gets tired. You drink Bioplus and you're fine. The limitation is the blood. What did doctors look at first thing if you've got trouble? The blood. Where's the sickness? In the blood. So where's the curse? In the blood. Though your sins be red as scarlet, they shall be white as wool. White, light, glory, life. Okay, I'm not going to talk about that now. Right, First Peter 1. 
Your DNA changes, man. If you believe it and the Spirit starts manifesting in you. Sorry, I just want to just quickly take another rabbit trail. If, if the Spirit manifests in you, starts changing your DNA, starts changing your very makeup. Not your makeup, your makeup. Okay? Romans chapter 8, verse 10. Though your body be dead by reason of sin and guilt, your spirit is alive. King James says your spirit is alive because of righteousness that is imputed to you. Is not this the word of righteousness? How did you get righteous? You believed in Jesus. You believed on his name. Why are you righteous? Because you are born from him. You're not in the unrighteous generation. You're not part of the wicked generation. You are born again. Generation of Christ. The Christ generation. Not the Benjamin generation. The Christ generation. Okay, first Peter 1. <laughs> okay. Let's just start here. Where's here? You don't know. Verse 17. Okay? As many as believed on his name gave you power to become sons. All right. Verse 17. And if you call upon him as your father, who judges each one impartially according to what he does, then you should conduct yourselves with true reverence throughout your time of your temporary residence on earth. King James. And if you call on your father who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning in fear. Okay. So there's a temporary time that he's speaking about. Speaking of a natural life, your window of opportunity to grasp hold of the supernatural life. Okay, verse 18. You must know. Okay, no option. You must know. So I'm telling you, so now you know. You must know that you were redeemed, ransomed from the useless, fruitless way of living inherited by tradition from your forefathers. Not with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but you were purchased with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a sacrificial lamb without blemish or spot. So Christ gave up his blood so that you can get out of your tradition, out of your family forefather stuff, all the forefather spirit stuff. We can get out of that stuff by the blood of Jesus. He gave up his natural life so that we can have his spiritual life. So we need to give up our natural life. Communion, baptism. Go crucified, go died, go raised. Okay? It is true that he was chosen and foreordained and destined foreknown for it before the foundation of the world. But he was brought out to public view in these last days for the sake of you. Through him you, you believe in God who raised him up from the dead and gave him honor and glory so that your faith and hope are centered and rest in God. Since by your obedience to the truth, through the Holy Spirit, you have purified your hearts for the sincere affection of the brethren. That's the image of God. It's the love of God. See that you love one another fervently from a pure heart. Now, verse 23, you have been regenerated Born again, not from a mortal origin or a seed, but from one that is immortal by the ever-living and lasting word 
of God. Were you born again by the word of God? The supernatural seed of God. Okay. That's the spiritual life. So he says, For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and the flower drops off. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this word is the good news which was preached to you. You're not a monkey. She's not monkey see, monkey do. You're a son of God with the abiding word inside of you. And it's not in copying someone, it's in letting someone live through you. Christ is inside you. Yield to him, let him live in you, let him live through you. Okay? All right. Natural life. All flesh is like grass. The flower fades and drops off. Cut, cut off, thrown in the fire, Matthew 6. Okay? A natural life. Oh, they live 70 or 80 years. That's not God saying we can only be 80. That's Moses complaining that they keep on dying. That they were weak. And that was the Israelites in the desert. In the time when God said, put a limit on it on 120 years. But we're not even close to that. As long as the church will believe in generational curses. As long as the church is propping up Adam to try and fix him. Instead of leaving him in the grave. And for as long as the church embraces the useless, fruitless way of living inherited by tradition from forefathers, the grass will keep on fading and the flower will keep on dropping off. That stuff is natural and it is not of God. Oh, it's my tradition. Well, you can embrace your tradition, but it's got a, it's got a certain outcome. Why don't we just get a new tradition? Get a new tradition. Be done with the natural and live in Christ. Be born again. Your father is God. Family tree. God, me. Yeah, don't complicate it. God doesn't struggle with gambling or with, you know, chasing skirts or with traffic. <laughs> God doesn't have anger problems. People think he's got... You know, he needs to go for anger management. If you read the old covenant, you know, it's like, you know, God, you need to, you know, really, really, man, really. It's like, no. He, he took it on the cross for us. Amen. That anger had to be expressed so that Jesus could take the anger on the cross and pay the price for you. Now it's done. 
And God is for 2,000 years extending his love to the whole world if someone would just see it. First Corinthians 15. the whole thing because there's not enough time. Verse 46. But the whole thing is about resurrection. And through one death came into the world, but through one the resurrection from the dead came into the world. So the whole chapter is about Adam or Christ. Adam or Christ. Adam or Christ. Natural seed, spiritual seed. Natural seed, spiritual seed. You need to make a decision. Are you in Christ or are you in Adam? If you're in Adam, you're going to have Adam's attributes. If you be in Christ, you're going to have Christ's attributes. If you're going to be Adam, natural life, Adam life. Flower, fading, dropping off. Christ, natural life gone, broken on the cross, destroyed. Spiritual life revealed, manifested, glory of God shining through. But you'd live not for yourself, you live for Him. You have to give up your natural stuff. Okay. First Corinthians fifteen. Verse forty six. It is not the spiritual life which came first, but the physical, then the spiritual. Adam, then Christ. The first man was born from out of earth, made of dust, earthly minded, sand of the sea. Okay? Second man is the Lord from out of heaven, stars of heaven. Okay? Are you a little grain of sand on the beach or are you a star shining in heaven? The two seeds of Abraham. Okay? Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Okay. Now those who are made of the dust are like him who was first made of the dust. Earthly minded. So, you know, we got to get our minds out of the gutters. Out of the... Trek your kop uit die sand uit. Beteken iets anders, maar het sal inpas hier so. Get your mind out of the dust. You know, Isaiah 52, Rise, shake yourself loose from the dust, loose yourself from the bonds on your neck, and sit in a dignified place. Okay? Awake, awake, arise. Shake yourself loose from the dust. Loose yourself from the bonds on your, around your neck. Sit in a dignified place. I think that's the call today. He says, And is the man from heaven, so also are those who are of heaven heavenly minded. Oh, the natural man. Verse, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 
The natural man cannot receive, does not admit into his heart the gifts, teachings, and revelation of the Spirit of God. For it is meaningless nonsense to him. He's incapable of knowing it, for it is spiritually discerned. But the spiritual man knows all things, tries all things, but is put on trial by no man, judged by no man. For who has known the mind of the Lord? So a natural man cannot judge a spiritual man. For who has known the mind of the Lord? As to instruct him and give him knowledge. But we have the mind of Christ. And we do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. Okay? Spiritual man, those who have the Holy Spirit. Spiritually descent and appreciate it. Okay. Words taught by the Holy Spirit. If you could just go through First Corinthians 2. We are made of the dust, earthly minded. Man from heaven, heavenly minded. Right? Verse 49. And just as we have borne the image of the man of dust with all their generational curses. Okay. <laughs> So shall we, and so let us also bear, bear the image of the man of heaven. So we need to start bearing the image of the man of heaven. No curse, but we are blessed. Why are we blessed? Galatians 3, we are blessed with the believing Abraham. Not because we did something, but because we put our trust in him. And we let him live in us and through us. Because we are born from him. You are the generation of Christ. Not generation upon generation. From Christ till now, one generation. Born from one father. Who will live forever. Some died, some will just keep on living in their natural bodies. But all will be resurrected. All have one father. Okay, Hebrews chapter 2. Because he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one father. He's not ashamed to call them brethren. All right, one Father, one God of us all, one faith. Okay, so now he says, just as we have borne the image of dust, Adam, so shall we and so let us also bear the image of the man of heaven. But I tell you this, brethren, flesh and blood cannot become partakers of eternal salvation. So you must know that you were redeemed from flesh and blood, from the useless, fruitless way of living inherited by tradition from your forefathers. You were redeemed by the blood of Christ. Okay. Nor does the perishable, that which is decaying and in, inherit and share in the imperishable, the immortal. Take notice, I tell you a secret, a mystery. We shall not all fall asleep in death, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, twinkling of an eye at the sound of the last trumpet call, which is a message. For a trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will be raised imperishable. You have to take that to John chapter 5. The dead shall hear his voice and live. Okay. Free and immune from decay. And we shall be changed and transformed. I will be transformed by the entire renewal of your mind. Have the mind of Christ. The attitudes of the spirit. Have the thoughts of the spirit. And not the thoughts of Adam. For this perishable part of us must put on the imperishable nature. And this mortal part of us, this nature that is capable of dying, must put on immortality. 
And when this perishable puts on the imperishable, and this that was capable of dying puts on freedom from death, then shall be fulfilled the scripture that says, death shall be swallowed up in and unto victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Now, sin is the sting of death. And sin exercises its power upon the soul through the law. So sin goes for the soul. And he uses the law. But imagine your soul is transformed by the renewal of your mind. And your soul is not influenced by law anymore so that you are in bondage as slaves. But your soul is influenced by the words of Christ, the thoughts of his heart, the purposes of his heart. And you are transformed into the living Christ on this earth. Last verse of Philippians 3. The body of my humiliation will be transformed into the body of his glory. So there's a transformation about to happen. It starts with you believing. Your spirit is transformed. One with his spirit, you receive his spirit, spirit saved. And then the mind is trans transformed, the soul is transformed. And as the spirit manifests in the soul dimension, the body starts, your DNA changes. And you look like a son of God, not only say that you're a son of God. <laughs> Though your body be dead by reason of sin and guilt, your spirit is alive because of righteousness that is imputed to you. And if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you, your soul, is already in your spirit, but if he dwells in your soul, your consciousness, your awareness, he will also restore to life your mortal body. Your, your life doesn't have to have natural attributes that you inherited by tradition from your forefathers. You don't have to struggle with the stuff and sit with it for your whole life. You don't have to. You don't have to struggle bearing the burden of your family traditions and bearing the burden of your family, all the stuff. You know how people speak. Yeah, I the toys, yeah. If I bars, <laughs> the grobblers, yes. You know the old people. You know the. Uh, if you go and visit somewhere and you speak of someone, say, hey, is that not the Elos from Petersburg? So they try to find out who is this that you're talking about. You know, and they lay out the whole family. So, oh, we know them and them, and oh, you must watch out. <laughs> okay, the old people used to talk like that. Stop it. <laughs> don't do that you're your own man or woman you don't have to be <laughs> you don't have to be labeled by your family be labeled by God's family God is your father hey man that guy is a son of God we can see Christ in him sure when I see him I just see Jesus you know I just walked past him the other day and my pains left he's just like his dad Yes. <laughs> if you're struggling with a generational curse, all you have to do is die and be raised to a new life in Christ. Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, stop fixing Adam. Trust God that it is already 
a done deal, finished work, done at the cross, Adam is dead, and Christ is alive in you. Christ doesn't need fixing. Christ is not cursed, and Christ is alive in you. This is how you break the curse. You die. Not yes, to die. To die. <laughs> you die. <laughs> you, you die. You know, if you, that Passion of the Christ movie, that uh, is some of those accents that those guys have that just keep, keep, gets me every time. You die all! You know, it's like, <laughs> anyway, no worry, okay. Then there's one guy at, at one time when, you know, when, when Jesus is there with Pilate, he says, Zipparapa! <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> okay, um, it's live, but don't worry. I just like to enjoy myself, you know. It's a very serious moment in the movie, but whenever I see it, I just start laughing. It's just so funny. <laughs> I don't even know. I know he says something about Barabai, you know. But it's just, the way he says it is just funny to me. Now I spoiled the movie for everyone. Okay. Listen, you died in Christ in baptism. <laughs> If you haven't been baptized, get baptized. Bap baptism is not a seal of a covenant like everyone's doctrine book says. There's no scripture in the whole Bible that says it. Baptism means you die to the old covenant and you are raised in a new life in union with Christ. It speaks about death and resurrection. I died and Christ lives in me. That's baptism. Just read Romans 6. It's all there. Even so, consider yourselves also dead to sin and alive to God, living in true, unbroken fellowship with Him. Without the fellowship, flower. Do you need a relationship with Jesus? Is it the camera? Here camera. You need a relationship with Jesus, but He loves you, so you can just take it. Okay? <laughs> All right. <laughs>